0: you know when it comes to Easter there's just so much confusion and really we're partly to blame for that because we send a lot of mixed signals about Easter don't we Um, a a lot of people when they think of Easter they think of a big bunny rabbit hopping around with a basket and in that basket there's a a nest of some sort we use that fake grass or straw or whatever and then that basket will be filled with colored eggs And, and that's very confusing for starters rabbits don't make nests, and rabbits don't lay eggs, and especially colored eggs. And so it's very confusing, even to adults, how we uh, kind of mess with the Easter story. Um, well, I don't want there to be any confusion. I think the Easter message is so important, and this morning we're going to know the difference between what Easter is all about in the world, what it's about, for us who believe in the Lord Jesus Christ because to us who have our faith and trust in Jesus the truth is Easter makes all the difference and so take your Bibles and turn with me to Matthew chapter 28 Matthew chapter 28 and when you come to Matthew 28 what we find is that uh, Jesus has already been crucified in Matthew's narrative um, he's been buried in a tomb And Pilate the Roman governor has set guards about that tomb and we read in chapter 27 and verse 64 prior to this the reason that Pilate set guards to the tomb he said lest his disciples come by night and steal Jesus away and then say to the people he has risen from the dead so the last deception will be worse than the first he said Uh, they didn't want to take a chance on his Jesus' disciples coming, stealing the body, and then claiming, oh, see, we told you he rose from the grave. So they protected that tomb. And then we read in verse 27 and 27 verse 66, so they went and they made the tomb secure. They sealed the stone and they set the guard there to protect that tomb. And I want to tell you, this was a, a very difficult time, very much of a tragedy for the disciples and so many who were following the Lord Jesus at that time. It started out a gloomy situation when they arrested Jesus in the garden and then they scourged him and beat him with a, a whip with nine tails, a cat of nine tails on it and, and begin to rip his flesh literally and all of those things. Then they made him carry his cross to Golgotha's hill and then he laid his life down there and they nailed him to that cross. But we want to pick up the story of how this gloomy situation really turned it, in, it turned into a glorious day is what happened on that third day. And so let's read about that this morning. And what I want to do is entitle this message, What a Difference Easter Makes. Look with me beginning in verse 1 of chapter 28 of the book of Matthew. Matthew says, Now after the Sabbath... He is not here, for he is risen, as he said. Come, see the place where the Lord lay, and go quickly and tell his disciples that he is risen from the dead. And indeed, he is going before you into Galilee. There you will see him. Behold, I have told you. So they went out quickly from the tomb with fear and great joy and ran to bring his disciples' word. And they went to tell his disciples, behold, Jesus met them, excuse me, as they went to tell his disciples, behold, Jesus met them saying, rejoice. So they came and held him by the feet and worshiped him. Then Jesus said to them, do not be afraid. Go and tell my brethren to go to Galilee and there they will see me. You know, the most significant event throughout the history of mankind and in all the world Is the resurrection of Jesus Christ. And you might say, Pastor, you know, how could something that took place more than 2,000 years ago have any significance in my life? Well, first of all, I'll give you three reasons. First of all, because the resurrected Lord rewards our faith. When you put your faith and trust in Him, He rewards you for that faith. Now, what message did the angel give to the women gathered at the tomb that first Easter Sunday morning? In verse 7 said, go quickly and tell his disciples he's risen from the dead and indeed he's going before you into Galilee. There you will see him. Behold, I've told you. And I love the first three words there in verse 8. The first three words say, so they went. He said, go quickly and tell his disciples. In verse 8, so they went. There was no argument. There was no debating. There was no committee meeting. There was no discussion. No question at all. Not even hesitation. They got a word from God to go and they went. Do you know what it was that caused them to take that first step of obedience? It was faith. They put their faith and trust in Jesus. They had seen the miracles. They believed on Him. They didn't understand it all, just like you and I don't always understand it all. And certainly if you've not been a Christian very long, you read some of the scriptures and you might say, what, I just don't understand all of this. But you, you won't ever understand all of it completely, but what you must understand is who Jesus is. They understood now who Jesus was and they were obedient because of their faith in him. Learn this, okay? Bible faith is taking God at his word and adjusting my life and my actions to fall in line with what God has said. When we do what God has said, we are exercising Bible-believing faith. We are exercising faith that is accompanied with salvation and salvation that accompanies faith. We can't please God if we walk in the flesh. What's the flesh? that fleshly desire, that human nature and desire that we have to please self, to do everything I want to do, disregard whatever God may want from me, what he might want for me to do. We can't please God if we walk that way. Romans 8 and 8 says, so then those who are in the flesh cannot please God. The things done in the flesh only please us and And that kind of pleasure is so short-lived. It just doesn't satisfy. It lasts just for a moment, but they do not please God, those who walk, to please the flesh. We're to walk in the Spirit. So you might say this morning, well, how can I please God? By doing good things, by being nice to other people, by helping people in their time of need. Certainly in this time that we're experiencing right now with the COVID-19, there's There are people who've lost their jobs. There are people who have needs. And uh, we could do some good things for those people when we find out who they are. And maybe it's a neighbor. I don't know. But all these things are very commendable. But to please God, that's not enough. To please God, that's not even the first step. In fact, the first step to please God is faith. It's having faith in who He is. It's believing on Jesus for salvation. Listen to Hebrews chapter 11 verse 6 but without faith it is impossible to please God for he who comes to God must believe that he is and that he is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him do you diligently seek the Lord do you diligently maintain your faith and trust in him the resurrected Jesus rewards our faith whenever we seek him In verse 9 we read how Jesus rewarded these two women who came to the tomb the Bible says and as they went to tell his disciples so there they were they were walking by faith already they were being obedient when they went as they went behold Jesus met them saying rejoice so they came and they held him by the feet in other words they bent down and they worshiped him and they grabbed him by the feet you can just see these ladies So excited to see the risen Savior, having been in such anguish for several days now, and now they have seen the risen Lord. Jesus rewarded their faith, first of all, by his very presence. Jesus met them, the Bible says, and they held him by the feet. And he said, and this is so vitally important, do not be afraid. Do not be afraid. You know, for several days they were afraid. The Bible says they were hiding out together. They were hiding because they were in fear of the Jews. They were in fear of the religious leaders who were out seeking to find them. So they were hidden. They were hiding together. He said, don't be afraid. Verse nine says, as they went, Jesus met them. Jesus always meets us at the point of our faith. Doesn't that thrill you to death to know that when you put your faith and trust in Jesus, when you set your faith towards something that you know is right and true, even after salvation, Jesus meets you right where you are. You can't know God without faith, and you cannot please God without faith. So I want you to see this morning, on this resurrection morning, the resurrected Christ, and realize that he will reward your faith in his time and in his way. Well, the second thing that's exciting to me about this the resurrected Lord removes our fears. He said, don't be afraid, didn't he? We read in verse 7, the angel telling the women also, don't be afraid. They came to the tomb. He said, don't be afraid. Now go and you'll find Jesus. Jesus finds them and says, don't be afraid. Why do you suppose the angel came with that message? Well, it's like we said a while ago. Their hearts were so filled with fear You know, they had been filled with fear, not just that people would come and and take them hostage or maybe even kill them. They had a lot of fear about the what ifs. Things like this, what if our faith was in a lie and Jesus is not the true Messiah? They had a lot of fear while he lay in that tomb. What if his body would be stolen? What if he didn't rise from the dead? If he didn't rise from the dead, We have no hope of salvation and no hope of eternal life. And if we have no hope of eternal life, then we have no hope in this life at all. So you can imagine the what ifs that they were going through as they went to the tomb and they get there and he says, don't be afraid, he is not here. Well, you know, we all face what ifs in life. The poor will say, what if I don't have enough money? The rich say, what if I lose some of this money? The uneducated say, what if I don't understand? The educated say, what if I studied the wrong thing? I mean, they have the what ifs too. Preschoolers, what are they what are they afraid of? They say, what if mom and dad leave me home alone all by myself? Teens say, what if no one likes me? What if I go to the party and no one likes me? Senior adults say, what if the things that we've that we have don't last long enough? See everybody has what ifs. In life. And lately, everyone seems to be saying, What if we get the coronavirus? What about the economy? Will it ever bounce back? Is it due for more failure? Well, I can't answer all those questions with certainty, but I have those kind of what ifs sometimes in my own life. And so sometimes we have fear about that. But you know what fear really is? Fear is a result of us not relying on God in a given situation, not relying on God to see us through or to give us the grace to endure whatever we're going through in life, to endure those what-if moments. Faith is us walking with God and still worshiping him and trusting him, not just with salvation, but also with the everyday what-ifs of life. Psalm 27 verse 1 says, the Lord is my light and my salvation, whom shall I fear? We don't have to fear because we can trust Jesus. And he says, do not be afraid. You know, Max Licato in his book, uh, Six Hours, One Friday, that's the name of the book, he tells the story about a missionary in Brazil who took the gospel to a tribe of Indians in a remote part of the jungle. Back there they were in the jungle and the tribe was in need of medical attention uh, because there was a disease that was permeating throughout their tribe. And the medical facility, there actually was one. It wasn't too far away. They could get to that medical facility. However, there was a river that they would have to cross along the way. And this tribe believed that that river was inhabited by evil spirits. So they wouldn't go near that water. They wouldn't cross or go in the water. Therefore, to try to cross that river to them, it meant death. And here this missionary is trying to get them to cross the river to get to where they can receive medical attention. Well, he explained to them, first of all, how he had crossed the river himself when he came to see them. Yet he remained unharmed. He took them to the bank and he placed his hand down in the water. But still they wouldn't go. He walked into that water down waist deep. He splashed the water up on his face they still wouldn't go. They wouldn't step in the water. Finally, he dove into the water, and under the surface, he swam all the way to the other side, and he came up out of the water, and he climbed up on the bank, and he stood there, and he raised his hands as in victory, and he shouted. When everybody saw that he made it through to the other side, and they witnessed that, they all started cheering, and they started jumping in the water and came to the other side. What did Jesus do? Jesus entered the river of death and he came out on the other side. He conquered death so that we might have eternal life. He conquered death so that we would no longer fear death. And that's what today's Easter celebration is all about, really. It's because Jesus rose from the grave that he is able to guarantee our resurrection, that when he comes, that we too will be raptured with him. That when we die, they'll bury these bodies in the ground. And over time, people will forget who we are. They won't remember us anymore, but Jesus never forgets. So that's what Easter is about, that Jesus rose from the grave. Therefore, he has the power to raise us from the grave. So we, we don't have to have fear for today. We don't have to have fear, any fear about tomorrow. And we certainly don't have to fear eternity itself because Jesus has secured our eternity. That's why the old hymn reads, Because He lives, I can face tomorrow. Because He lives, all fear is gone. Because I know He holds the future. And life is worth the living just because He lives. So then, the resurrection does this for us. The resurrected Lord, first of all, rewards our faith. The resurrected Lord, secondly, removes our fears, And last, I would tell you this. He requires something of us. He sends us out. The resurrected Lord sent the body of believers to go out on a mission. Look at verses 16 through 20. Then the eleven disciples went away into Galilee, to the mountain which Jesus had appointed for them. When they saw Jesus, they worshipped him. But some doubted. And Jesus came and spoke to them, saying, All authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth. Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all things that I've commanded you. And lo, I'm with you always, even to the end of the age. Now that the resurrected Christ sends us out raises a couple of questions. First of all, when are we to go out? When do you start well the word go in the original language means it doesn't just mean to just go it's talking about as you go or as you are going that is while we're going while we're going out into the community while we're at work or at school maybe while we're shopping in the mall we're at a store or we're with friends or we're at a family reunion seeing relatives Part of our purpose in the everyday moments of life is to encourage someone to follow Jesus. So that's a question, when are we to go? Well, it's as you are going, each and every day. Another question might be, who are we supposed to go to? Well, we're to go to people everywhere. The Bible says, make disciples of all nations. Acts chapter 11, verses 19 through 21 gives us an example of what the early church did. The Bible says in Acts eleven nineteen. now those who were scattered after the persecution that arose over Stephen, traveled as far as Phoenicia, Cyprus, and Antioch, preaching the word to no one but the Jews only. But some of them were men from Cyprus and Cyrene who, when they had come to Antioch, spoke to the Hellenists, preaching the Lord Jesus. And the hand of the Lord was with them, and a great number believed and turn to the lord now i want you to notice something in that passage and again if you're still looking for that it's acts chapter 11 verse 19 uh, all the way through verse 21 and what i want you to notice is that some of these followers they went to just the jews to their own others however went to the hellenists those were jews that were greek speaking jews a third question might be about jesus sending out us out what What are we to do? Well, the text says something very interestingly here. It says they preached. You might say, well, I can't preach. Brother Crispin, I I don't do what you do. I'm, I'm not you. I'm not like that. I can't go and preach to people. Well, I just want to ease your concern just a little bit. Let's unpack this verse or two for just a moment, okay? Where it says that they went and preached to the Jews about the resurrection of Jesus, that word preached means they talked about it. They shared conversationally about the resurrected christ and all that had happened in this case it was to the jews but it says that the others they preached to the jews who were hellenists who spoke greek but the word "preach" there is different that word preached is that they heralded it they proclaimed it they declared it out loud and publicly and so it's a little bit different in their styles of presentation whether they preached publicly Or whether they spoke conversationally about Jesus having risen from the dead. So the risen Christ became the central theme of their conversation and their preaching. Now That's real important because I would have to ask today, is Jesus, the risen Christ, the central theme of the preaching in our churches today? In some cases I fear that it's not. And in fact when I read through this and studied through this, I want to preach more about Jesus. You know, sometimes we get to where we want to help people. We want to offer encouraging words that will help them and, and themes of counsel and good counsel and things of that nature. The truth is, if people will get their hearts right with Jesus, then he will change their life. Verse 21 tells us what makes all the difference in their proclamation. Luke verse 21, it says, And the hand of the Lord was with them. So you might be saying, you know, I don't think I can do this. Let me tell you, if you speak about Jesus, the hand of the Lord will be with you. That's all we need to know. So the resurrected Lord saves us and he sends us out. And if we'll go out and talk about the resurrected Jesus, we can believe that some will come to faith. You see the rest of that verse in verse 21 says, and a great number believed and turned to the Lord. They believed and turned to the Lord. Now, what can we expect? I believe we can expect this. If we don't talk about Jesus, we'll never see people come to faith in Christ. But if we will, people will be saved. You say, well, I wouldn't even know what to say, Brother Crispin. Well, here's what Jesus told us to do. He said, therefore, as you're going, make disciples and baptize them in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit and teach them everything that I've commanded you. So what do we do? Well, we teach them some of the things that the Bible says. Teach them what God wants from our own personal lives because that may very well translate over to them even if they're not a believer. So we ought to talk about the life and the resurrection of Jesus Christ just as we talk about other significant things in life. You say, I don't know how to share with anybody. Well, you talk with people all the time about certain events in life, don't you? I know I do. Let me give you some examples. When I was little, I can remember things on TV and things that were of conversation during those days, those early days. I was born in 1963. I didn't start school till first grade, 1970. So that kind of gives you a picture. Some of you older ones can relate to where we're at. We're right there kind of close together, perhaps. But when I was little, people always seemed to talk about Elvis, remember that? Or they talked about the Beatles or the Vietnam War. Um, was on the news every night. They talked about President Nixon and the Watergate scandals. I didn't know anything about all that stuff, but I just know that's what people talked about. It was, it was uh, the main event of the day. When I was in high school, the news seemed to be about inflation and people paying 17 and 18 and 20% for home mortgage loans and, and uh, the, the economy was inflated. And there was an assassination attempt, I remember, my junior year in high school, on President Ronald Reagan. We all watched the news that he had been shot. And so I remember that was the talk. We talked about events that took place that we could understand at that time. When I went off to college, I can remember the day that the space shuttle Discovery blew up in the sky. and I. If I'm remembering correctly, that's the one that the school teacher was on and how tragic that was. And for days, that's what we talked about. Today, we're talking about this virus. What a major event in our world that this virus has been spreading around for which they have no vaccine for. And now they've got to figure out something like they've uh, had to figure out influenza, the flu. And so um, things can be, it can be critical on certain people. And so it is important but that's what we're talking about. We've been talking about COVID-19. You know, we're wondering not just about COVID-19, we're wondering how's this going to affect the economy? How's it going to affect our bottom line, our, our salaries, our incomes, our savings, our retirement income? What I'm getting at is this. We have conversations every day about significance events that affect our lives. We have those conversations with people at the checkout stand whom we don't even know. We enter conversations with people and perhaps more down here in the south than they do up in the north, you know. But we're just open folks, aren't we? We like to talk with people and be kind. But just about everywhere we go, we talk about significant events in life. Well, Jesus said, as you go about your everyday life, I want you to bring me up in your conversation with people. I want you to make disciples of all nations. Instead of talking so much about ourselves, we ought to try talking about Jesus. You say, well, I can't do that. People will get angry. Well, you can tell when to turn it off. I mean, we can talk about Jesus and put in a good word for the Lord. Man, he saved you. He's redeemed you. And the person you're talking to may die and go to hell without the Lord Jesus Christ. So we can see why he would say, as you go about your everyday lives, I want you to go and I want you to lead people to faith in me. Make a disciple, a Christ follower out of people wherever you go. So let me just kind of wrap this up a little bit, okay? The greatest, most significant event in all history is the empty tomb and the day Jesus rose from the grave. That's the most important, significant event in the world ever, ever we ought to talk about it. The second most significant event is the day you put your faith and trust in Jesus Christ. When you put your faith and trust in Jesus for salvation, He cleansed your heart and life, and He placed His Holy Spirit in your life to guide and direct you, and more importantly, to seal you until the day that He takes you to heaven to be with Him. That day that you made that decision, is the most significant day in your life, second only to Jesus raising from the grave. If that's such an important day, you probably should talk about that, probably should share that with people. Third, I think we should never forget that the resurrected Lord sends us out to talk about him, and as we go, people who receive that message will be saved, just like you and I were saved. I think we forget that sometimes that Maybe we were saved by happen chance. No, we weren't. We were saved one day because somewhere along the way, we learned about Jesus or somebody just in a one-on-one conversation shared with us the gospel. The Lord Jesus, by his Holy Spirit, drew us to himself to be saved, and we accepted his invitation. He stirred our heart with the truth of salvation, and we received him as Lord and Savior. What a difference Jesus makes.